Hi, everyone. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford sitting next to my partner in crime, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And sorry for not being with you yesterday after the Packers victory over the Dallas Cowboys. But we are back today to recap, Wes, what was a very thrilling win, 34-24 to at AT&T Stadium over the Cowboys. The Packers get to 4-1. and one. They take over sole possession of first place in the NFC North because the Chicago Bears lost to the Oakland Raiders over in London. And uh, a typical crazy NFL game, I guess, from 31-3 to to almost a one-score game with less than two minutes to go. But the Packers did what was required, and that was get the W. So first off, I apologize for nothing. It was Marvin's fault that we didn't shoot the show on well, Monday, not I'm just, ours. I'm, I'm just kidding, Matt. Trying to uh, share the blame. No, it's okay. Yeah. I, I don't shoulder any blame. That's a good sign <laughs> of a leadership, right, is okay. that you actually just go and do your own thing. No, I mean, all kidding aside, the thing I really liked about this matchup, because when Marv wasn't here, I was sitting there and I was looking at my schedule yesterday, right? And I put down all the wins and losses for the Packers on the schedule. And what really stood out to me, Mike, is that they're 4-1 right now through five games. They've played every one of these teams tough, every one of them tight. There was something Tremont Williams said early last season when the Packers were kind of going through their, you know, some difficult times. And he said, you know, close games like this, that'll make us better in the long run. It didn't come together for the Packers in 2018. But these type of matchups, Mike, going into Dallas and playing the way they played and having to grind it out late – those things are going to really benefit Green Bay in the long run. That is how you become better. That's how you galvanize as a unit. Brian Balaga said it, among many things that he mentioned in the locker room. When the game was 31-3, to there was no thought that that's the way it was going to end. Dallas right. was playing at home. They had 90,000 people in there. They're too talented to go down just like that. They threw a lot of punches. The thing about throwing a lot of punches, though, is you leave yourself open. There was another takeaway there. And at the end of the day, Mike, there's been one tried-and-true trend since week one, and it's been when the Packers take the ball away and protect the ball, they win football games, and that's how they got to be 4-1. and one. Yeah, 3-0 and oh in the turnover margin was definitely the difference in this game. All three of the takeaways coming via interceptions. And quite frankly, Wes, it could have very easily been five interceptions yeah. when you look at one that Kevin King had go right through his hands early in the game before he got the one in the fourth quarter. And then another one in the end zone that was going to wipe out a scoring opportunity for the Cowboys, but an illegal hands-to-the-face penalty yeah. at the line of scrimmage wiped that one out for the Packers, unfortunately. So, yes, the uh, the takeaway machine was back at it for, uh, for Green Bay with Mike Pettin's defense. And on the offensive side of the ball of course the star of the show the unquestioned star of the show was Aaron Jones yeah 107 rushing yards plus 75 receiving yards outgained Ezekiel Elliott in all categories and then the four rushing touchdowns with which tied a franchise record and Aaron Jones got to do it in AT&T Stadium the uh the palace in his home state of Texas yeah amazing he had 30 friends and family there including his twin brother Elvin Jr. after one of his touchdowns he actually went and gave that football to Elvin he understands he'll probably get fined from the league but this is one of those moments where it's like that's so special for two brothers that have been through if you know their story yeah everything they've been through they were they were moved around the country when their parents were in the military. They lived in Germany together, and here they are at AT&T Stadium, and, and Aaron's living out his dreams and going, as he said all week long, you know, Aaron Jones is very careful with what he says. He's not trying to create any type of newspaper clippings or that kind of stuff. 
But he's confident, Mike, and he mm-hmm. said it leading into this game. He felt like he could go toe-to-toe with Zeke Elliott, and for good reason. He's done it already in that same stadium in a victory for Green Bay. I thought he played his butt off. 182 total yards of offense, first time since 2000, scoring four rushing touchdowns in a game, I believe only the third time or fourth time it's been done in franchise history. An Only the fourth player to do fourth it. Fourth player yeah, to fourth do player it. Fourth player to do it. Jim Taylor, Trudell Middleton, and Dorsey Levins. First time in almost 20 years because Levins did it in the 1999 regular season finale. So it had been a long time since someone had accomplished this with the Packers. Yeah, and you know, you're in a game without Jamal Williams and Devontae Adams. And as you know, Aaron said in the locker room, Aaron Jones, that is. They didn't make it about, okay, we have to feed the ball to Aaron Jones, we have to get Aaron going in order to win this game. Their whole philosophy all week was that we're going to let this game come to us and we need guys to make plays. Well, as it turns out, that 18-yard touchdown run right off the bat in the first quarter, they start running some of that inside zone action, working between Elton Jenkins, Billy Turner, and then eventually Lucas Patrick when he had to come in for Corey Lindsley. Right. Those plays were working for this for this Packers team. Aaron Jones was executing, the offensive line was blocking, and I, you know, I've written about it a couple times now. A tip of the cap to Matt LaFleur for understanding what it was going to take to win this game, even though they preached outside zone the entire offseason. When they needed to go inside and run right at those linebackers, they did it, and they won the football game. Yeah, well, the most encouraging thing here when you look at these last two games for the Packers, even though they went 1-1 one and one against the two teams that are clearly going to be fighting for the NFC East title throughout the rest of this season, They found some rhythm with the passing game against the Philadelphia Eagles for the first time this season, and then they found a running game that they could really rely on for four quarters and pound away at a team with what Aaron Jones was able to do against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I know two games prior, Jamal Williams had a nice game against the Denver Broncos, but Aaron Jones had only had a combined 40 rushing yards in the previous two games. And, but this was the breakout, and it was the shift to the inside zone as opposed to focusing as much on the outside zone. And uh, really, Wes, the combination of the blocks on the second level and the fact that Aaron Jones was breaking tackles, whether it was running with the ball or catching the short passes, he really just played a phenomenal game. He, for, him, for him to go into a game where you've got Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Zeke Elliott, all those guys. For him, and I know Cooper had a tremendous game, and we can talk about that as well, but for Aaron Jones to be the difference maker yeah. on the field for the winning team with all with that collection of talent that was on the field, that's impressive. I talked to Danny Vitale about it after the game. He's like, that was without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, he was our game ball winner. He was the MVP of that game for us. We needed him to play the way he did to come out of there victorious. And he tried to give the game ball away afterwards to his offensive line, but his <laughs> offensive line wouldn't take it. They're like, hey, you're playing in your backyard. This one's for you. I thought it was interesting, too. Aaron said that that was his first game ball he's ever received. I had a hard time believing that. But hmm. be that as it may, a phenomenal performance by him. But it wasn't just the running, Mike. It was him as a pass catcher. In all my years covering the team, I, I would venture to guess, and maybe you'll disagree with me on this, the maturation and the steps he's made over the last three years, I'm not trying to compare him to Amon Green. That is, You know, I hate comparisons. But I think you've seen a guy take his game steadily to another level every single year. Mm -hmm. He was a runner the first year. He became a pass blocker. He became a pass catcher. Seven catches, 75 yards, both career highs for him in this matchup. 
the slant that he ran across the middle, I know he said he wanted to catch that one in stride, but still being able to pick up that first down there. And take the hit and, ha- and, and hang on to the ball when he was when he was juggling to try to grab it. And move the chains the way he did. It was a complete four-quarter performance. And as I was talking with Jones about after the game, I mean, you put that kind of stuff up on film now, those are the things that defenses are going to have to scheme for when Devontae Adams is back, when you do get some other of these elements going offensively. There's a lot of promise in this Packers offense, and a big reason for that is Aaron Jones. Well, and just the plays that he was making in this game when nothing was there. There were a right. couple of runs where the middle was completely plugged up as soon as he got the ball, and with his speed and quickness and just fast reactions, the way he bounced to the outside, and then he's getting around the yep. corner for 10, even 15 yards on one of the plays going where the play was not even designed to go. The one play, Rodgers is just avoiding a sack and whipping it out to the sideline to him as the checkdown receiver. He catches it at his ankles, an extremely difficult catch, not only to avoid the sack and get something positive, but then he makes a guy miss, gets a block from Jimmy Graham, and it's 22 yards, and the Packers are across midfield and moving into scoring territory. I mean, to be able to make plays like that when there's nothing there, that's what I mean by being the difference maker on the field. And um, um, this is uh, a great sign, obviously, for the Packers that they have him at this level, and then hopefully sooner than later getting Jamal Williams back as as his number two. Yeah, it's funny how this game works because everything is a new day. It's a new (laughs) game. It's a new play. But yet there are those moments that happen that just tell you this is going to be your day. I thought the 22-yard catch was one of them. I thought the two direct accidental direct snaps to Aaron Jones kind of (laughs) showed that with this offense – he was just clicking. A lot of times those can be, I don't even want to call them disaster plays. He could have easily just taken that for a yard or two, and here he is breaking it for eight, nine yards, or right. whatever they ended up getting off of those. Right. Those are the type of things that when you get that stuff happening, that's when you know that um, it's just meant to be. Yeah. Well, on the defensive side of the ball, it was a tale of two halves for the yep. Green Bay Packers because in the first half, the Dallas Cowboys did not score. It was a 17 to nothing score at halftime. The Packers got two of their three interceptions in the first half. And even in the early portion of the third quarter, they got a red zone stop, made them kick a field goal when the score was 24 to nothing. So the Cowboys only got to 24 to 3 at that point. But then over the last little more than a quarter, I guess the last 18, 20 minutes of the ball game, the Cowboys started to hit big plays. And the one thing you can't do when you've got a big lead is to give up the big plays because you're going to allow touchdowns to good offenses, but you just can't allow those touchdowns to happen so quickly that no time comes off the clock. And the Cowboys started to score so quickly that suddenly they were back within two scores and there was still plenty of time on the clock in the fourth quarter for them to make this a ball game. And they did. Then Kevin King gets the third interception. The Packers get a field goal out of it, restore the three-score lead, and there's at least a little bit more breathing room there. Okay, so the ultimate chess beat, the, que- the piece, the queen on the board is the takeaways for defenses. You, you no make doubt. those moves, that's how you're going to win football games. Jair Alexander, very opportunistic. I actually really like the interception that Alexander had because I know some people are like, well, he was behind it, the pass was thrown to him. But see, that's how that game works when you're playing cornerback. Mm -hmm. There's times where Jair Alexander has made a phenomenal play and he doesn't get credit for it. If you're in the same vicinity, it's a lot of times it is about the quarterback making a mistake and making the play. That's what they did so well in this game. Right. The throw the throw there, I mean, Cooper is open. If it's a good throw, it's probably a touchdown. But it wasn't a good throw, right. and when the ball got deflected, Alexander was uh, was there with the hands to make the play, and that's what you have to do. When the ball comes your way, however it comes your right. way, make the play, and that's what he did. And Shannon Sullivan, he's sitting there in the slot. His first real 
in-game action that he's had with the Packers, true in-game action in a meaningful situation. Dak Prescott decides to throw the ball across the hashes trying to hit Randall Cobb, and there's Shannon Sullivan jumping up and making a play. And then finally, I just I got to talk about Kevin King here for a minute. Yeah. This is a guy that was questionable on Saturday. He was doubtful on Friday. And over those 72 hours, not only does he end up making himself to be in a position to play, plays 37 snaps and gives the Packers some really important plays there, especially when you consider the injuries they sustained in this game. Darnell Savage has to leave. B.J. Goodson has to leave. Um, they're already dealing with some other guys that are banged up on those positions. Yeah, Zadarius Smith was in and out of in the and lineup out, on in defense. And out. Yep. Rashawn Gary leaves for a minute. Here's Kevin King. You know, he just kind of worked through the week, felt good on Saturday morning, mentioned to the trainers, they upgrade him to questionable, and then he plays in this game. He does drop the interception early, and that would have been a key one for them if they're able to get that. Oh, that yeah. would have stopped a, a pretty lengthy drive for the Dallas Cowboys in their tracks. But then he comes back, and as he said, the way that that play was unfolding, Dak Prescott was glued uh, to Michael Gallup, I believe it was, on yes. that play. Mm -hmm. He was going with him there. King was showing him coverage the way he was playing him. That it was like that would be an ill-advised throw. Prescott tests it anyway. King makes a phenomenal play. He does have to leave with the knee injury, but Mike, you and I have wasted so much breath. I shouldn't say wasted. Expensed so much breath <laughs> over the last six months telling people how different this defense is when Kevin King plays. My goodness, did that performance show it? Well, and you couldn't have asked for better timing for Absolutely. King to make that play because the Cowboys had come back from thirty-one to three. It was thirty-one to seventeen. They'd gotten another stop of the Packers, had the ball back, and as I said before, there was still plenty of time on the clock for a fourteen-point deficit. They had all the momentum going. The Packers weren't doing anything on offense. The Cowboys were hitting everything on offense on their side of the ball, and it was the first play of that drive. It was it was all of a sudden boom. Whatever error was going to continue to go into that balloon with one first down or another first down by the Cowboys, it never got there. Right. And King makes the play. The Packers res restore the three-score lead. Now, they did hit another big pass to Cooper for um, the touchdown that got it to 34-24 to 24 then. Yards, yeah. But, uh, um, but yeah, you, you can't overstate how big a play that was by Kevin King with just the way the game was going at that point. And to give the Packers offense the field position where they didn't need to do much to get it back to 17 points and a three-score lead. That was just that was just huge. And Kevin King now, with two big interceptions on the season and two others yeah. that he knows he should have had, I mean, he's really close to having four interceptions through the first five no, games. He's a playmaker, and it's going to be fun to watch him develop. Hopefully everything checks out okay with this knee injury. Yeah, but, I mean, it looked like it was when he got tackled got on tackled the sideline side off of the interception return. He took a helmet right to the knee. Right. We'll see as the week goes along what the report is there. Something I took exception to, at the insider inbox column this week and it was fine that they made the comment but somebody had made the comment of the, the Cowboys lost this game if that's your perception of it that's fine but here's the thing the team that was more consistent in all three phases won this game the Packers made their field goals the Cowboys didn't yep the Packers got the takeaways the Cowboys didn't and that is ultimately what's going to allow you to win this game they got off to a fast start 17 to nothing you don't shake your head at that kind of lead and then they were able to sustain that momentum because even though they did give up those 24 points in the second half, they scored 17 as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the explosive plays obviously was – that was what got the Cowboys back into the game. And as I had said, because, you know, the, the fans are struggling with this because 31-3 to late in the third quarter, you want to breathe easy. But it's like, hey, the Dallas Cowboys are a good team. They're yeah. most likely – there's a very good chance they're going to be in the playoffs. 
when this is all said and done, they may even win the NFC East, though I think the Philadelphia Eagles are a little bit better right now. But you know they're going to do something. You yeah. know they're going to mount some kind of a rally. This was not the Miami Dolphins out there, you know, with a 31 to 3 deficit. This was the Dallas Cowboys playing at home. And uh, the Packers weathered the storm. You knew they had to weather a storm at some point in this game. They did it. They got the win, and they're 4-1. That's all you can look for. I mean, and and you look at this going forward now, these games are going to be so critical down the stretch because you get a win like this over Dallas, a team that you said will probably be in playoff contention. You have three teams out in the NFC West right now who all look like playoff teams. you got the Bears playing the way that they're playing, although this was obviously some let up in London. And then, you know, they're going to see Detroit now on Monday night, and that's a Detroit (laughs) team that – is going to be hungry to stand atop the vision alone as well. It's going to be really competitive to watch. Yeah, this is uh, this is just getting started when it comes to the overall picture in the NFC. But for now, we got to go. So that's a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. Subscribe to us, like us on iTunes and other podcast services. On Twitter, he's at West Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time.